All right, all right. Happy Wednesday evening, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody tonight? Praise the Lord. We're going to have us a good old time, and I'll give you some updates on our AC situation. I, I finally have good news, all right? So just, <laughs> I'll get to that in just a minute. But welcome to Wednesday night service. We're going to have an awesome time tonight. We have some very special guests with us that are in Barstow by way of Florida at this point and all over Central and South America and everywhere. So they're just, uh, we had Paul and Don along with us. And uh, I'll let Dad introduce them in a little bit. I don't want to cut into that time. But anyway, we're thrilled. They're going to preach to us tonight and give us some updates on some stuff. So we're super excited to have them with us on a Wednesday night. Amen? All right. We're going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Can we stand up together? Praise God. And I don't want to, I'm not going to cut into time too much here. But uh, just, hey, if you're paying attention to the news, there's some things getting very real with Israel right now. And that's a massive, massive, massive sign of the times. And uh, it's all I can say is it's getting real. And pay attention. And America better stay on the side of Israel. They better side with Israel because the Lord made that promise to Abraham way back in Genesis. I will bless those who bless you. And those that come against Israel, uh, they're cursed. So we need to stay on their side. But let's speak some words of faith over the United States tonight, all right? Say this with me. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise. And you may be seated. You may be seated. All right. Well, let me give you a few quick announcements and updates. So, as you can tell, the AC is not on right now. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but if you did, praise God. Uh, but here's the good news. Um, on Monday of this coming week, we are going to have a few of the units actually installed. All right? So, let's give the Lord some praise for that. <laughs> Amen? So, not all six units are done being manufactured yet. But we do have a few, so they're going to give us what's already manufactured. And we super appreciate everybody's patience with us on this. Uh, we, you know, we've done the best we can to push the issue and get it, get it moving. And so thank you guys for your patience and for still showing up. And Sunday is supposed to have a pretty cool forecast, so we're going to be good there. And then on Monday, uh, we'll have at least a few of the units put in and, uh, we'll be on the right, on the right path. So, uh, we're going to have a nice cool house very, very soon. So thank you everybody on that. Want to remind everybody that Children's Church is now open every single Sunday morning. All the parents said amen. Yes. And of course, Jam Jr. for preschool and kindergarten is also open on Wednesday nights. They're upstairs right now. So if you got a preschooler or kindergartner, they can go up there. And the next thing is this. Kids Club Camp is back this year for 2021. We missed last year, but it is back. And it'll be for the first grade through the fifth grade kids. And it's going to be on June 11th and 12th. The cost will be $20 a camper. It's going to be out at Pleasant View Farm. My parents ranch out in Newberry, so there's a lot of great stuff we can do out there. You can register uh, starting today. Uh, there's postcards back at the info booth, or you can go and register online on the website, hdwc.org slash kkcamp, and that's on there. So register the kids, and we are going to have an awesome time with that. And also, I want to let you know that we got a new small group Bible study lift group started up on Tuesday nights. Um, my my wife, Pastor Katie, is leading a women's Bible study at our house. And I think Katie Brady, they're going to alternate or something. But um, at 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights, they're studying Kenneth Hagin's book called Following God's Plan for Your Life. Uh, you can grab that book. We have it in the bookstore here. Uh, you can snatch it online, whatever. But that's the book that they're studying. And it's it's awesome. There's no... no uh, 
no child care at this event. So if you got a little baby, that's fine to bring, but you probably don't want to bring the bigger kids, all right? So very, very good. I'm excited, man, about all the great stuff the Lord is doing. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise tonight. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. If you need an envelope for your tithes and your offerings, open up, uh, or excuse me, the ushers have one. We're going to open up our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9, all right? And we'll be taking up a, an offering for Paul and Don along at the end of the service uh, tonight. Uh, so uh, save, save uh, you know, your offering for them to the end of the service. This is our regular church uh, tithes and offerings. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to look here at verses 6 through 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8. And this is talking about offerings. And you got to know that there's a difference between the tithe and the offering. The tithe is 10% of our income. And then the offering is whatever we purpose in our hearts to give, all right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it's, and I'm in the NLT, it says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. He'll still get a crop, just a small crop. But look at this. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I like generous crops. Who's anybody else? I mean, if I had to have a small crop or a generous crop, I, I prefer the generous one, the bigger one. But verse 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. <clears throat> Amen. And so as we give, it's not because someone's forcing us to or making us. We give because we, we're Christians. We're givers. We're generous people. That's what Christians are. And so as we give tonight, always remember that God loves a cheerful giver and he's going to bless us for our giving. He blesses us for the tithing, but he also blesses us for the giving. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to cut off there because I don't want to cut into everybody else's time tonight. Let's stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. We're going to have some worship. Then we're going to get straight into the word of God tonight for the hour of power, right? All right. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Let's all sing together. Every fear overtaken, every wall comes crashing down. I am free in your presence, whoa. You have lifted my burdens, you surround me with your grace, full of hope in your presence, whoa. And I... I can't stop singing about your love. I can't stop singing about your love. My heart is overcome. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. For everything that you've done, my heart is overcome. I see the kingdom of heaven. Pierce the dark within this light, so secure in your presence, whoa. You have won our salvation, at the cross one sacrifice, so secure in your presence, whoa. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. Can't stop singing about your love. 
Let's sing that. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Thank you, Jesus. You're good, and your mercy endures forever. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We're so grateful for eternal life. We're so grateful to have a place to come and worship you. And, Lord, we thank you tonight that every life here in the building is going to be changed by what they hear. And the people watching on the Internet, Lord, their lives are going to be changed. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Everybody can be seated except Pastor Paul. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let, let, let's, let's give a, a round of applause for this gift that God sent us. Amen. Amen. Uh, because of time constraints and the heat and getting the kids down from upstairs, we're going to be moving quick tonight. So anyway, I'll just give you a brief, a brief history with, with Paul. His lovely wife Donna here, her dad was the pastor of the assembly, got here at Barstow for years. And Paul was the bus superintendent and other things there at the church. And years ago, I had upwards, did you tell me one time, 600 kids that rode those buses? Is that what you said? 600 kids in the Barstow area. They used to pick up on the buses, et cetera. Then they pastored down the hill at Oak Hills for many years, and they didn't retire. They just, like Mrs. Pastor, I went to the next phase. So now after all those years of pastoring, now they're going to other countries and doing things for Jesus all around the world. And this is the couple that got us hooked up with Nicaragua. All those trips we made in Nicaragua was because God connected us with them, and then we got to Nicaragua. So anyway, as they're coming through, I said, man, you come through, stop and preach. And if it was a Sunday morning, we could go longer, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's a, a, a Wednesday night, I'm just thinking about a seasoned minister like, like they are. And, you know, people like this here is not like the beginners that they have. they got a lot of good teaching. But more wisdom comes out of these guys by accident than the young preachers do on purpose. And so I don't know what he's going to say, what he's going to do. I just know that. Just listen because he's a Holy Ghost man. And things he says is going to be things we all need to hear. It's going to help change us forever. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Paul. Amen. Praise God. Isn't God good? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to... Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Amen. <laughs> verse, we'll be looking at verse uh, uh, 15. We'll start there. Uh, and I'm reading from the uh, New Living Bible. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Amen? So be careful how you what? Live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Amen? You know, I say it like this. If you, uh, if, if you want to figure life out, just figure on my left hand is darkness. Every, everything over here is dark. And over here, everything is light. This is the kingdom of Satan, darkness. Look at what they do and don't do it. And then look over here at the light, the kingdom of God, and look at what they do and do it. 
Amen? So don't live like a fool. Amen? Be wise. Be wise. So I see it like this. What I'm talking to you about tonight is how to find and live in God's will. And I like that book that you just mentioned by Kenneth Hagin. It's a great book. Amen? You ought to pick it up and read it. But how, how to find and live in God's will for your life. I hear people say, uh, a lot of times it's younger people will say, I, I just don't know what God's will for my life is. Well, that tells me something about them. Because God will show you his will for your life if you'll do it his way. See, my prayer always is, God, I want to know your word first so that I can know your will, so that I can know your ways. God's ways are not our ways. Did you know that? He doesn't operate like us. You have to figure out how he operates. That's what got Israel in trouble. The scripture said, they did not know my ways the way I work. Amen? So, to be wise, uh, the, the scripture says, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. But it, in the different gospels, it says it in different ways. It's specifically one way it says, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and it's specifically with all thy mind and with all thy strength. The mind and the body, right, strength. This is how you should love the Lord thy God. With all your what? Mind. It says in Romans, Romans chapter 12 that we, can be trans- we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can know what God's good perfect, acceptable will is. Uh, Renew what? The mind. See, God has two voices. The first voice is his word. The second voice is the Holy Spirit. That's how he talks to us. Through what? His word and the Holy Spirit. So whenever a, a, a situation occurs in your life, something happens, you're going to hear... You're going to hear two voices. You're going to hear the voice of the devil. You're going to hear the voice of God. My sheep know my voice. I know them. My sheep know me, and they follow me. So I say, are you his sheep? Then you know his voice. The problem is, it says, the voice of the stranger they will not follow, John 10. It didn't say that you wouldn't hear his voice, but you will follow You won't follow his voice. So what happens? Circumstances change. Situations come into our life. The first voice that you're going to hear the loudest is the voice of the devil. And people respond to that. And they'll go, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Well, you just told the the Lord that he lied to you. What do you mean, what am I going to do? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what to do. You're a child of God. You got to be careful about what comes out of your mouth. You start saying things that counter to the word of God. You're literally saying God lied. He's no liar. Everything he says comes to pass. Amen. But see, our minds, really, it's, it's in the mind where the decision is made. That's where you're going to make your decision in the mind. So what happens is the situation occurs and you will start thinking about it. And you'll start to ex- examine. You look at the circumstances. You weigh the circumstances. Your, your flesh, the carnal nature, we are in a carnal body. It's going to die. That na- the, the desires of the flesh will rise up. That'll talk. Your body will talk. The devil will talk. The circumstances will talk. You got all of this going on, but somewhere you're going to make a decision, and that's going to be where? It's in your mind. You're going to decide. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to do this or that. You're going to make a decision. So Jesus put it like this. He said, uh, don't lay up treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasure in heaven 
where moth and rush does not destroy, thieves do not break and steal. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, the heart follows the treasure. You have to get that. The heart is the, the spiritual part of us, the inward man, right? The heart follows the what? The treasure. The treasure doesn't follow the heart. So when, when something happens, circumstances, take, take a guy that takes his first drug, takes his first drugs. He made a decision, right? He calculated in his mind this is going to be a good thing, and he, he uses the drug. What he doesn't realize is that the, the heart, the inward man, all of a sudden says, this is what you treasure, so I'm going to help you get it, and I'm going to help you keep stay with it. Because you, ch- you chose what? You chose the treasure, the heart gets on board. Because the heart follows the treasure. So, when we look at, say, say be wise, don't be a fool. Don't live like the world. Be wise. So when a circumstance comes, you're going to weigh the circumstance. You're going to hear the devil. Your flesh is going to cry out. I mean, it's, 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 the pressure will be on you. But what you have to do, like Psalms 119 said, thy word have I hid where? In my heart that I might not sin against God or against you. Guard your heart, diligently guard your heart, for out of it flows what? The issues of life itself. So what should you guard? The heart. So how do you guard the heart? You have to fill it with the word of God. So that when the circumstance occurs and you're starting to make a decision, you're going to make a decision. You're either going to go down the right road or the wrong road. You're either going to go to the darkness or you're going to go to the light. But if there's no word there, there's no place for the mind to even go. But when there's word there, your mind immediately will evaluate that side of it. What does God say? What does the word say? Why do I not want to do this? Or why do I want to do this? So how do, you know... COVID was, was, a, was a mixed blessing for me. You know, it was a, a bittersweet blessing because it shut me down. I mean, you talk about pastors and churches, it, it shut missionaries down all over the world. It just shut us down. So I have had a year, you know, to really get in the scriptures. Back in November when the election went the way it was, I gave up on TV. I had enough of it, especially news. I, I, I had it. I said, I'm, I'm going to start spending more time in the Word. Amen? So if you say, well, I don't have time for the Word, it's, not, it's, not a, it's never is a time issue. It's a priority issue. You just haven't prioritized the Word being first. So I say do it like this. If you watch an hour of TV a day, spend an hour in the Bible. If you watch five hours, spend five in the Bible. If you enjoy, you know, I heard one guy said, well, I've got, I go biking on Sundays now. Well, if you're going to go biking, well, he should be in church, by the way. <laughs> but if you bike for two hours, spend two hours in the Word. Amen? Give God priority. Give the word of God, because I tell you for sure, Jesus said, in this life we will have troubles. Troubles, troubles. You talk about troubles. You have kids, you have what? Troubles. (laughs) If you have teenagers, I got them through with that. You have what? Troubles. Troubles on the job. Troubles at work. Man, that's life. It's la vida in Spanish. Just life. You're going to have trouble. So you better be full of what? The Word of God. And I, I can't tell you, that, you know, if you, if, if you don't have the Word in you, when the crisis comes, you're going to make the wrong decision. 
And I, I shake my head so many times. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? I don't get that. You know, what a dumb decision. It's because there's no word there to give them direction. Amen? Amen. I used to always, when I would counsel people, I'd tell them, look, I'm not here. I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to give you legal advice. I'm not a, a, an accountant. I'm not going to give you financial advice. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a divorce attorney. I'm not, I'm not here to give you that advice. I'm going to tell you what the word says of how to get through your circumstances. That's all I'm here for. I'll tell you what the Word tells you to do, but I do not make your decisions for you. You're going to make them yourself. When it's all done, you make the decision, you're going to have to live with it. Amen? And, and so fill up with what? God's Word. When I was 16, I got born again, got saved, and uh, I was a hoodlum. <laughs> it was great. I thank God he saved me. I was headed for death or prison for sure. And uh, uh, I had, uh, was living with my uh, mom and stepdad in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma. And they had a friend up in Omaha where we had lived at one time that uh, sh she was having some trouble up there, an older lady. And they sent me up there to help her, help her around the house. And I lived up there maybe three months. But I just got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Hallelujah, I was excited. And all I had to do all day was read the Bible. I read, the first year I was born again, I read the Bible through three and a half times. It gave me the foundation. And then, when I got into church, they put me in the third grade class to teach Sunday school, and I really got into the stories, you know. Uh, David and Goliath and all of that stuff. But you got to have a foundation, is what I'm saying. You have to have, because I can pick up this book and it, it'll tell me most of the things I need to do, but it won't tell me everything. Because so, what happens if you lose your job? Can you go here and say, well, you lost that job, now go over here to this other place. It doesn't tell you that in the Word. Right? You're going to have to have another voice speaking to you. It's called the voice of the Holy Spirit. So you build the foundation where first? On the Word, and then you build a good relationship with the Holy Spirit, a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. You hear Him talking. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's, it's really interesting to me when He speaks to me, I, I actually put what He's saying into the words. I, I, I get the impression, the leading, you know what I'm talking about? And then I, I actually, uh, I, I start, it's like uh, translating from Spanish to English, you know. I get the translation into my language then. I get the words that go with it to give me direction in life. And the Holy Spirit will keep you out of a lot of trouble. He'll direct you through. Without, without the Holy Spirit, <laughs> life is tough. But you can go through... You can go through some of the worst circumstances only to come out blessed. Did you know that? You can, you can go through the, some of the worst troubles only to come out what? Blessed. I was sharing with Pastor early today. When we took the last church there in Oak Hills, they were far in debt. We couldn't make the payments. I was the new pastor. We didn't have enough money coming in. We fell behind by three months. We got behind. It was a private... Uh, couple that had loaned the prior pastor the money and after three months he called me and said you know pastor my wife and I decided just to uh, forgive you those three months and we're going to renegotiate the loan for you and make it easier and I said well thank God I didn't wasn't able to pay him for three months wasn't that wonderful <laughs> at the time it wasn't but after it was over I said that was a God thing amen so what do you do? You just hang in there with God, you know. Don't quit. Don't quit. Amen. So, so be careful how you live. Trust me. <laughs> if, if, as a Christian, if, 
This is a touchy area for me. Jesus Christ, we, we know in, in, in the book of Luke, it says it gives us three parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son. Amen? And, and especially in songs, sometimes I hear that. They say, well, God left the 99 to go after the one, as if God would leave the church to go after a sinner. That's not true. God would never abandon you to go after somebody else. No, he left, he left all of heaven for you. He, he that was so very rich became so very poor that, that through him and his poverty that you could be rich, spiritually rich and alive. He gave it all. Can you imagine what he did? What he gave up to come and find me? I wasn't looking for him. He found me. Just like he found that sheep. But he, didn't, he doesn't abandon everybody else. And so people, people are looking, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, God will come after you. He'll do anything to get you if you walk away from him. He won't. That's a lie. He ain't coming after you. He didn't go after the prodigal son. It wasn't until he got in the pig pen, until the son came back. He'll let you live in the slop. He'll let you live with the pigs till you wake up. And hopefully you won't do it again. Amen? God loves us, but I tell you right now, God has done everything that he is going to do for you and I when he gave his best, his son. Everything. And now we need to have the appreciation to live right before him, to live clean lives. I say this, I want a clean mind. I want a clean mouth. And I want a clean body. I don't want to present a mind to the Lord that's full of filth. Or a mouth that's full of filth. Or a body that's full of filth. Amen? So don't live like a fool. But let us be wise. And then it says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You're going to walk, you're going to find and walk in the will of God. What are you going to do? Take advantage of your opportunities. Be quick to see. Opportunities normally come and go and they don't come back. So when you get an opportunity to do something for God, do it. And then do it faithfully. You know, in missions, we have found that the most successful missionaries, the ones that go on the field and make it, a lot of them don't. They make it maybe six months and they come home crying. The most successful missionaries of those that have served in the local church for 10 to 15 years. And then they go out into the mission field. Because they've learned to be what? Faithful. God honors faithfulness. He doesn't honor talent or ability. He gives us that. He honors faithfulness. Consistency. You know? And, and uh, all right, Lord, I'll move on. <laughs> Seize every opportunity. Thank God somebody came to me when I was 18 years old and said, will you teach the third graders? I was happy to teach them. And then they said, will you take over the youth group? I was happy to do it. Amen? And you just keep going and going. And it was, it was a number of years before I stepped into my own ministry. Serving somebody else. If you can't serve somebody else and even in your even in the world and in your job you know you, you, if, if, if you're I remember a young man in my youth group years ago he was just a wreck. a mess. You know so unfaithful and uh, he had a job down at the furniture store and I went down there and I was talking to the manager. He was a wreck there too. <laughs> he was as bad there as he was. Faithfulness. You say you're going to do it, do it. And when it gets hard, don't what? Don't quit. Find something in the house of God to do. And do it. And be consistent in it. 
And when it doesn't look right, and somebody makes you mad, and you get offended, and somebody hurts your little feelings, buck it up and stick with it and don't quit. And then another opportunity will come to you. And you won't have to go through that again. I had a friend call me and said, my daughter's working for this uh, manager at this uh, senior facility, and he is so hard on her. I'm going to go down there and give him a piece of my mind, and I'm going to have her quit. I said, brother, that's the worst thing you could do. A tough manager at her age is the best thing she could have. Let her learn how to buck it up and not quit. And she'll come out smelling like a rose. You get her out of there now, you'll weaken her. You won't strengthen her, you'll make her weak. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it what? With all your might. Give it your best. Amen? Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. I'm telling if you're flopping hamburgers down at the hamburger stand, make the best hamburger you can possibly make. Amen? Whatever you do, don't work for man, work for God. He's the one that's going to reward you. Don't show up late. People say, I can't ever be on time. Well, be five minutes early. Learn to be consistent. And you'll find life begin to change for you. Things start all of a sudden working for you. The blessing of the Lord begins to overtake you. Because you're seizing what? Every opportunity that you can find. Amen? Number three. Don't act thoughtlessly. Give thought to everything you do. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. God, what do I want you to do? What do, what do you want me to do? <laughs> start doing what you just do something for Him. Whatever opportunity comes, just start doing it, and be faithful and consistent with it, and keep doing it. Amen. And and it, it, it God, God's not hiding anything from us. God's not keeping His will from us. He wants us to know His will. He wants you. If if you will let God do it. He'll tell you how to dress in the morning. Should I wear that dress or that one? That shirt or that? I'm telling you, ask the Lord. Get him. He wants involved in everything that you do. Every detail of your life, he wants involved. He knows every thought before we even think it. He knows the prayer before we ever pray it. He knows our life. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, that he chose us before the foundation of the world. You were chosen by God before you were ever born to to be a a child of God. And he adopted you then, not, not when you got saved. He adopted you before the world began. Read Ephesians 1 and get it. Amen? We're children of the living God. God loves us. He cares about us. He wants involved. He wants to know everything we're doing, just like you do a baby, you know. You get so involved in the child's life that, well, that's God with us. He loves us. He cares about us. Amen? He wants us to know what his will is, and he wants to show us the way. And he will. But it starts where? You have to get some word in you. You have to get some word in you. You get it here, you come to church, you're, getting, you're in a word church, you're going to get word here, but, you know, you're going to have to go beyond that. You know, I heard, I, I heard a pastor say, just read one Bible chapter a day. If you just read a Bible chapter a day, and I had another guy say, if you just do 15 minutes of prayer and devotion in the morning, and I said, yeah, that sounds like telling me, if you just eat an egg and cheese burrito every morning, you'll be fine. You don't have to eat again. Just an egg and cheese burrito, and you'll make it. Well, what about the tortillas and frioles and carne asada? <laughs> You're not going to make it on an egg and cheese burrito. You're not going to make it on a Bible chapter a day. I'm telling you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get this word so far down in you that it comes up every circumstance. It comes up out of you. What do I do now? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Oh, I like Isaiah 64, 4. It says, from the beginning of time, no eye has seen, no ear has heard 
a God like you that will work on behalf of those that wait on him. So what do you do when you know, don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Nothing. Wait. Wait till you get the answer. You know, you go down to buy a car or buy everything, they always put pressure on you. If you got to buy it, if you don't do it right now, you know. No, no, I don't have to buy it right now. I don't have to do anything right now. Amen. People would come in when I was pastoring with their emergencies. Their emergency was not my emergency. Amen. I had a lady call me. I, we had Sunday night service. We lived about 45 minutes to an hour from the church. My Sunday night, 9 o'clock, I'm home, just got a sandwich made, sit down, eat my sandwich. I get a phone call from her. The lady wasn't from her church, but she was at the hospital in Victorville. And she said, um, uh, I need you to come here and pick me up and take me down to the store so I can get some cigarettes. <laughs> I said, do you, do you understand how far away I am and how much time that would take me? And she said, well, what kind of pastor are you? And I said, one that stays home on Sunday night. Goodbye. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, I, I got to tell you this this story. Uh, we, we pastored our last church. It was about 16 years we were there. When we got the church, it was uh, uh, in a real bad shape. We started out with about 12 people, and I run about 10 of them off. <laughs> they, they just didn't like me. But anyway, after they voted me in, you know, and they started giving trouble. But anyway, so I uh, had three loans on that property. And in uh, 15 years, we paid that church completely off. Five acres of land, facilities, everything, to- totally paid off. And, and when I was in my 20s, we had a missionary evangelist come to our church. I was assistant pastor there. And she said, Gladys Pearson was her name, an elderly woman at the time, had dedicated her whole life to missions and never married. And uh, she, she said to me, uh, God has called you as a missionary to Latin America, Paul. She paid for my first trip to Central America, going there and preaching. So that stuck with me. I knew it was the Lord he spoke to. I knew it was God. And uh, never, uh, you know, we did a lot of missions over the years through our churches, pastored three churches. And uh, did a lot of work in Latin America, but never became a full-time missionary. So we pay off this last church. We got a nice house in Del Webb, driving a new car. Got a good salary. Wow. And then the Lord says, uh, now's the time. (laughs) Like, Like Moses at the burning bush, 80 years old. Could you imagine? 80 years old. Now you're just beginning in ministry. And the Lord said, now is the time. I want you to resign this church and become a full-time missionary. Well, I want to tell you, that, that was tough. But I prayed, just like what the Lord did in the garden, you know. Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. <laughs> Not my will, yours be done. <laughs> I'm glad that's in the scripture because I wasn't wrong in my prayer. Because I wanted to do his will. It says in Hebrews that said God heard his prayer and answered it. God didn't answer Jesus' prayer. He answered it. My will will be done. Amen. And uh, I found out with God, uh, he's going to get his way. Whatever he has to do, he will get his way. And so, in fact, I was sharing with pastor today. I always advise young ministers if you can do anything other than preaching the gospel, do it. Do it. If you can't, but you can't. If when you're called, you can't. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night. He'd wake me up in the middle of the night preaching when I, when I tried to get out, you know. That's our God. He's going to have his way. So it's 68 years old, December 31st, 
2013, I resigned that church, became a full-time missionary. I, I thought pastoring was hard. <laughs> but sitting in airports and flying, when we preached in Africa for the first few years, traveling 20 hours out of LAX to Kilimanjaro, 25 hours coming home, sitting on the, in a coach. I was miserable. <laughs> and so back a couple of years ago, after we had been doing this about five years, uh, Miguel Toledo, head of Christians in Action down in Central America, that whole, all those countries, he called all of his pastors into, they have a compound there, and they asked me to come down and do a, a uh, seminar for his pastors and their wives. So he said, uh, now we're going to do, we'll be there all day Thursday, all day Friday, and up till 1 o'clock on Saturday. And, uh, but I have a medical doctor that's going to be sharing the conference with you. I thought, well, that's nice. Well, the day I got there, the day before, uh, he, he called me and said, by the way, Paul, the doctor can't make it. You'll be covering the whole conference. And so, uh, <laughs> come Saturday at 1 o'clock, man, I was tired. And uh, he had me scheduled in two churches on Sunday. But he, he called Saturday afternoon. He said, Paul, I'm going to cancel those two services. I'm tired. And my wife's tired. And I said, well, that's fine with me. So come Sunday morning, I got up. And I went out and got my coffee. And I'm on the patio there by the hotel. And I'm talking to the Lord. And I said, now, Lord, I got saved at 16. I've been in the church my whole life, over 50 years then. I was assistant pastor under th three, ch three pastors. I pastored three churches. I, at one time, we took a couple of years and traveled from California to Long Island, Detroit to Galveston, Texas, preaching across this nation. Been to India, Africa, uh, every, all six Central and eight, uh, Central American nations, you know, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Panama, Nicaragua. And from I preached from Cali over the Andes every day all the way to Bogota and preached in churches in Bogota. And I'm telling the Lord this, you know. I'm, I'm giving him my complaint. <laughs> and Lord, I am tired. I am tired. I'm going to go home and get my real estate license and sell real estate. <laughs> if it's okay with you, if it's your will, I really want your will, Lord, but, but I, I'm just tired. I'm, you know, we started at 68 years old, and uh, then I, you know, I, I see these guys retired at 68. Okay, Lord, what, what, what do you do? He wouldn't talk to me. I mean, it's like he didn't say anything. I said, oh, well, all right, I guess. So we went home. About three nights later, I'm, I'm sound asleep, and I had a vivid dream. Now, if you don't think God will talk to you in visions and dreams, you don't know your Bible. Read Acts 2. He gives his young men visions and his old men what? dreams. That kind of put me where I was at the time. So I, I had this vivid dream. I mean, this, when you know it's a dream from the Lord, it is as real as seeing you sitting right there. It is, I can see it today. It was as real as if I was there. My wife and I were in a garden area outside a restaurant at a reception. And it was, the tables were beautifully decorated with white tablecloths had china, and really, really nice. And I looked down, and my coffee cup was empty because we hadn't, they hadn't served us yet, but they gave us coffee. And I looked down, and I wanted some more coffee. So I was trying to get a waiter, and he wouldn't, you know, I couldn't get one. So I said, I'll just get my own coffee. So I got up, and I, I walked. I had to go through this lounge to get into the kitchen, and as I'm going through the lounge, on the right hand is a bar, and on the left hand was a stage but there's nobody in the lounge. I walked into the kitchen. I got my coffee. 
And as I return, I come out the door. Now on this side, there's two men on the stage. One is a tall, thin man with a vest on, really sharp-looking guy. And the other guy is down, I think he's tuning his guitar, he's messing with his guitar. And they're talking, and the tall, thin man says to this, this guy on the guitar, he's talking about a third man. And he says, every time that man sings that song, he gets to the part that it talks about all the injustices in the world, and he starts to cry, and he never finishes the song. And I woke up. I said, Lord, what does that mean? And I heard these words, almost audible. Paul, finish the song. Whatever he gives you to do, you do it until he says, okay. You do it until he says, stop. Amen? I try to get this through to young pastors. We, we've been mis- working with a pastor down in Mexico for about five, six years now, trying to help that young man. Uh, you talk about struggles. This guy's struggle, struggle. And finally, I just got, we were supposed to be down here, in a, down there in about a week, and I, I got this message from him, said that he's quitting. He's giving up and going back to, he's down in Tijuana, and he's going back to, to the south, taking his family and leaving. He's quitting. I hate to see that. Quitting, quitting looks Sometimes it looks so good, doesn't it? Just not to have to do this another day. Quit. Go home. But you can't. Amen? What if the Lord in the garden had quit? The Apostle Paul says this. This is amazing to me about this man. So I try to get through to people wanting to go into missions or ministry. Uh, forget the glamour side. Do it for the Lord, strictly for the Lord, because the glamour wears off real quick. Apostle Paul says it like this. I was beaten by the Jews 39 stripes, because by the law you couldn't go over 40 stripes. Five times. Beaten by the Jews. Whipped by the Jews. Five times. I was beaten with rods three times. I was shipwrecked three times. One time I spent a night and the day in the ocean. I was stoned to death. He was. That's when he had that vision, I believe, in 2 Corinthians 12. Stoned to death, got up and walked away. Not counting the terrible trials I had in Ephesus. He called them beasts, the people that came after him there. The beast of Ephesus. Not counting the care for all the churches that he had started. And then he, he's, he says in this, uh, as he's going back to Jerusalem to finish his course, uh, he, in every town he goes, they tell him, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be in prison and put in chains. But he says, he says, no, my life is not worth anything to, worth to me if I don't finish my race. See, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, finishing is better than starting. Amen? It's like you're building something, you know, and, uh, or going to school or whatever, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> the joy is when you go through that graduation, when you stand back and see the project. Finishing. Never, ever, ever for any reason quit on God. Ever. I don't care how hard it gets. And, I don't, and, and I'm telling you, ministry has a lot of blessings and good sides, just like life. You know, enjoy the good times, and God will bless you. And I tell you this, uh, I've been about seven years now, and uh, it, it was a big change in our finances. And, but in seven years, I have never missed a bill not one. I have never missed a meal <laughs> unless I fasted. Amen? I've always been able to drive a nice car. Amen? God, it's always, I tell you, God has never failed us. It's not having been easy, but he's always, always come through and he'll do it for you too. God bless you.
been a pleasure being here tonight. Amen. You know, we're, we're going to sow into uh, Pastor Paul and Donna's ministry. And I, I see, me and Mrs. Pastor's life is so similar to hers, to theirs. And the way, the way, we, the way we've always given, we're, we love to bless people, but we always think about our future. You know, that's, that's not selfish. It's biblical. What you sow is what you reap. And, you know, I think everybody knows that Mrs. Pastor and I are in a phase of life like theirs, that uh, we're going to transition. We're not retired. We're getting ready to travel and go to churches. And not churches like ours, churches that don't know about the Holy Ghost, don't know about the Word of God, in the strong way we teach healing and prosperity and all things we teach. But we're looking, right now, we know that we're part of the answer to America. You know, there's a big racial division, and I've had it in my heart my whole Christian life to preach at African-American churches. Amen. To bring unity, because the unity of the faith, the Bible teaches unity. And so the churches that we're believing we're going to go to is going to be African-American churches and denominational churches that have people that are crying out and saying, God, send somebody in here to teach us. Send somebody to teach us. Not saying their pastors don't, but their pastors can only teach to the level they know. So we're looking to go to churches, et cetera, et cetera. I said that to say this, that as we sow into guest speakers, we know we're going to reap as guest speakers what we sow into guest speakers. And so as we sow, we're sowing what would be a blessing, but we're looking beyond that, sowing more than we normally would because we know what we determine for other people will determine how church people treat us when we go. Amen? And so I'm just asking you, for tonight, for the work that they do, et cetera, et cetera, for your future. Not to say that we're not helping them do what God's called them to do. I've been to that place in Mexico you're getting ready to go to with him. And so as we're doing what we're doing, we're sowing into their lives for the work of God that when you sow, think about your future. And then in the future, if you come up against the wall, you say, Lord, I want to thank you. Look at my record. Look at my record, Lord, not only am I a faithful tither, but Lord, I've given to other people to help get the gospel out there like you want to. Amen. And so let's bless them really good tonight. Uh, Pastor Dave, we're making the stuff out to HDWC and one check to them. And can, how can they give on the... I'll come up here and finish up that part. I, you know, that's why we transitioned to the young guys. They know about all the dot orgs and all the, all the stuff. Amen. But how many got blessed tonight with Pastor Paul? Amen. Tell you what, he said a lot of things that we needed to learn. But Pastor Dave, you can finish it up. All right. Very good. Very good. Yeah, if you're given online, you could go to hdwc.org slash giving, and you would select the guest speaker tab, and we'll make sure that we get that over to him. Amen. Well, let's go ahead, and I'm going to pray over our tithes and our offerings, and then I'm going to close us out in prayer. And with the Barstow Faith Confession, you can bring your tithes and or you can bring your offering, excuse me, for um, Reverend Long right up here to Robert and put it in the bucket, and we'll let you go pick up those kids tonight. All right, Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Can we do that? Amen, Amen. Who was blessed tonight? Wow, what an awesome word. Amen. Don't quit. Do not quit. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray over this, and then we'll speak some words of faith over Barstow. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the word that we've received tonight. And, Lord, we pray for Paul and Donna, Lord, just, Lord, that your blessing is upon them everywhere they go. Everything they set their hand to is blessed. And I thank you for the word that was sown into us tonight, God. We're not going to quit, Lord. We're going to we're going to make sure that we don't live like fools, like Ephesians 5.15 said. We're not going to live like fools, Lord. We're going to live for you. And we thank you, Lord. Your word and your Holy Spirit are the voices that we're listening to, God. And we thank you that the best is yet to come. And you are doing a great work in every single life here. We praise you for it, Lord. Use us this week to spread your love all over the high desert and everywhere we go. In the name of Jesus, everybody said... Amen. All right. We're going to do the Barstow Faith Confession. And then if you got an offering, bring it over here to Robert. Put it in the bucket and we'll dismiss you and go get your kids. All right. And we remember church on Sunday. 
10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday, we will have some AC units put in. So let's uh, give the Lord some praise one more time for some AC. Amen. And so our days of heat are coming to an end. Very good. All right. Let's say these words of faith together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you Sunday.